0: and welcome to the Rising Stars podcast. I am your host, Brianna Moriarty, and I am super excited to announce today's guest. He is Jim Roddy, the VP of Marketing at RSPA, along with being an author, a podcast host, a business coach, and an overall channel champion. So we're going to learn a lot from him. Um, I have lots of questions, so we're just going to dive right into it. So welcome, Jim. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Brianna, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to, to talk with you and anybody from the Star team
0: absolutely so as i kind of mentioned in your intro you have a super extensive background not only within the channel but outside of the channel um being like i said an author a marketer a business advisor a basketball coach as i found out on your linkedin um and probably more that i'm missing so tell me about what drove you on all these different paths and what kind of keeps you motivated to continue achieving in these all of these different areas
1: Uh, That's an interesting question, because, you know, we kind of like behave what's normal to us, but very rarely does somebody say, why, like, can you look back and, and analyze that and so, um, you know, I, I guess I would look back and I went to a very tiny high school. So when I say tiny, I graduated third in my class, but I was not in the top 10%. So if you do the math, you're like, wait a second, there are fewer than 30 kids there. We graduated 15 right. kids, wow. one five in my, uh, in my high school. It was actually the biggest uh, class in, in school history, Bethel Christian School. And I look back, what did I do in school? Um, I played basketball, uh, soccer. We actually had in the spring a co-ed softball team. Uh, I was in the high school play, not just on stage, but also in the light crew, right? Mm -hmm. And then also selling tickets as well. The uh, uh, person there put uh, myself and another senior in charge of selling the tickets. Uh, I was class president. Uh, I was on the yearbook. Um, And then for our senior trip, we organized a mission trip to Jamaica as well. So like all that stuff was going on. And so that was kind of like, that's normal to me, right? To be able to do all these things because in such a small school, if you didn't have a lot of kids doing a lot of different things, you wouldn't have had a soccer team, right? You wouldn't have had a basketball team or a player or, or things of, of that nature. So that's one mm-hmm. thing that I think has, has driven me. And then also just the guidance of, and I actually have a quote that's in my office in three different spaces. It's uh, by John Fetterman, who's a Lieutenant Governor here in Pennsylvania. I'm in Northwest PA. And he said, if you're good, help someone else get to good. So anything that I've learned uh, from somebody else that they've helped me along the way, I'm more than happy to pass that along. And I get a lot of help from that in terms of guidance from the RSP community, the general retail IT uh, community as well. And so if there's anything that I have, I'm able to pass that uh, along as well. And kind of as a business coach, like something that guides me is, and I actually have this note up on my wall. My Mm -hmm. job is to mobilize the expertise of others and share their collective wisdom. So I'm in a fortunate position where I'm talking with resellers, ISVs, vendors and distributors, I say the leaders, the laggards, the people who are successful, the people who are struggling, and I'm able to kind of bring all that collective wisdom together. And I'm more than happy uh, to share it. So the generosity of the community has really, you know, helped drive me, um, you know, as I have this role as a business coach and everything that's, Mm -hmm. uh, that's beyond that, I try to keep busy, stay out of trouble.
0: For sure. So I mean, you know, being kind of an overachiever has always been in your nature and you've just kind of continued that on into, you know, your professional career. How do you balance it all? Um, I mean, you wrote a book last year, you're, you're the VP of marketing um, for RSPA, you're doing probably a million other things, you know, how do you kind of keep that balance
1: Uh, Good question. One thing is I'm probably not as up on pop culture uh, as (laughs) other people are, right? Like uh, I have a daughter, uh, I have a 15-year-old daughter, and so sometimes she'll mention like these people who are famous to other folks. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Or <laughs> like, is that an actor or is musician, singer, things of that nature. So uh, just really trying to stay focused on those things and keeping organized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's to me a real thing is you can't just kind of hope to get to something. Um, like the you, you talked about writing the book. I had to have a very discipline in terms of when am I going to write the book? Because mm-hmm. if I didn't do it on Monday, I didn't have to do it on that day. I didn't have to do it on Tuesday. Well, next thing you know, you're never writing a book, which is why I think a lot of people don't do that. So using yeah. what I call block scheduling, like blocking out time to do certain things, whether it's personal time, family time, exercising, listening to podcasts, things of that nature. Some you can do to at the same time, mm-hmm. it's really having that focus to make sure that you're able to follow through on those things. I learned very early on when I was coaching uh, basketball. One of the assistant coaches, he would always preach: "The will to win means nothing without the will to prepare." And so, yes. if you prepare for success, you're going to have a chance at winning. If you're just drifting through. Maybe you'll get lucky and things will work out for you, but for the most part, uh, you won't be able to. You'll just end up looking back and saying that you were more spinning around in the same place as opposed to advancing.
0: Absolutely. I love the concept of block scheduling. I use that, you know, in my everyday life as well. So... I want to, um, you know, hear more about your journey as a channel business advisor. Um, you know, I'm kind of familiar with a lot of your other work, but not super um, familiar with. You know, you guys, you kind of run your own company as a business advisor. So, what made you decide to start offering these services, and how did you build that framework um, for your business?
1: Yeah. So, uh, just as I mentioned about the whole planning part, this wasn't something that I had planned. That said, in this year at this time, I'm going to go be a business coach it was more mm-hmm. serendipitous than that so i wore i've been in the uh, retail it channel for over 20 years now the first 17 of those starting in 1990 Eight through like 2015, 2016 timeframe. Uh, I was with Business Solutions Magazine, and so we were doing a lot of education. We were presenting at Retail Now events and other industry events. And hiring was like a big specialty of mine, and that's a book that I've I've published uh, called Hire Like You Just Beat Cancer. I'm a near 20 year cancer survivor. And so I published that back in in 2012. So I'd give hiring presentations. And at the end, I would have a handful of people standing in the back of the room, and they would say, I have a question for you. And it was almost like, I'm not going to be able to answer that in depth with us just standing up here. And Mm -hmm. so it seems like there's more that we would need to do and have a conversation. So I would just naturally follow up with folks because they were RSPA members, or they were Business Solutions Magazine subscribers. And then Mm -hmm those went well and so people were grateful for that so i thought to myself like well could i do this full-time as a coach but the biggest gap was the revenue part of it, right? Like the people right. who needed the most help had the fewest resources. So you're like, okay, well, I could be a big, good business coach, but I would just be eating bologna sandwiches and SpaghettiOs, uh, you know, uh, for every single meal if, if I was lucky. So what kind of then started going down that path was talking to Tom Reichert, uh, former chairperson of the RSPA. He was at that point with Vantiv. He had uh, been with Mercury. And mm-hmm. so he had talked to me about um, that. Vantiv at that time was looking for ways that they could have more engagement more interactions with their VARs and their ISVs. And he said, that would be great if we could bring you on as a business coach. And so that's what they did uh, in terms of saying this is just another service that was offered to those VAR and, and ISVs. So that solved the whole money thing. They were just going to pay me a salary. It's going to be additional service to be stickier uh, with right. Vantiv and, and WorldPay. And then, like, I I have always said this, that my whole business coaching is not based on me thinking Jimmy's a genius, right? Like I have all this wisdom and all this experience that I'm going to impart on you, sit down and listen to me, you know, go on and on. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm in the middle of like, Um, of these resellers and these ISVs and learning their best practices. So when I started that, I immediately reached out to a bunch of resellers and software developers and said, what do you need? And one of them early on was Jason Cowan from Spark uh, Solutions Group in Salt Lake City, Utah, and also in, in Southern California. And like one thing he said was, man, if you could put together a key performance indicator study, that would be very helpful. And then talked to a bunch of other folks. What would help? What would help? And so just based on their feedback, we said, what do you need? And then we've created services and resources and, and documentation and podcasts and blogs, all based on the community feedback. So it's almost like you start with a general framework and you have some <laughs> resources, but you build those out based on the community IQ. And to me, that way you can't go wrong. Because I would right. say the best ideas aren't developed by anybody in this industry staring at the ceiling tiles. Like, ooh, I have this genius idea. It is that constant engagement with the community, finding out, again, what's frustrating the laggards, what have they done wrong, and we've all done things wrong as business leaders, and what's working for the successful folks, and then being able to pass that information along as well. So I apologize for the the long answer, but it's, again, it's different from just some general Business coaching methodology, like the mm-hmm. EOS method or Sandler Sales Training, or something like that, it is way more community-based and really changes, you know, quite frankly, from year to year based on the trends and and as the best practices change and adapt.
0: Yeah, first, no need for apology because now I have quite a few follow-up questions. That's really an amazing story. So I want to start with you. You mentioned that your expe- expertise was in hiring, so what kind of made you an expert in that area? Was that something that you studied in school or you know, just kind of started to pick up on throughout your years in the channel?
1: Uh, what made me an expert in it first was hiring poorly and feeling Mm -hmm. the pain of doing that and saying, I do not want to do that again. Um, When I was self employed, uh, one of the first people who I hired was a salesperson, he didn't sell anything. And then his, you know, first few weeks that I was paying him straight salary, were going to come to an end, he said, Can I have an advance on my next salary, I stroked him a check and never heard from him again. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it was the pain (laughs) of that, like, I've got to do more due diligence. So that Mm -hmm. was one angle from a hiring standpoint. The other one is because my background is in journalism, right, mm-hmm. from a school newspaper standpoint. And I had a sports magazine that I produced for five and a half years. So it was always asking questions, digging deeper. That's kind of at the heart of what you're doing from a, an interview standpoint. One of the best people I ever worked with from an interviewing standpoint was a former police officer, right? Because they're doing all sorts of investigating, 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 Absolutely, He just asked yeah. a whole bunch of neutral questions. And then what helped was the organization that I worked for again, Business Solutions Magazine, parent company was Jamison Publishing. And we were very thorough in terms of we wanted to have a really strong culture. And we knew mm-hmm. that was all up front in the time and the, the kind of people who you hire. And so the fact that uh, we were a growing organization, so I got to do a lot of that. My coworkers got to do a lot of that. We got to huddle together and say, what are the best practices? That's really where the book and my expertise came from it wasn't just my own personal experience it was part of that but it was also the lessons that we learned as an organization and it wasn't just that we did a lot of hiring we had very low low turnover we had uh, standout employees who were million dollar multi million dollar producers and they had great longevity as well so it was always like anytime somebody would interact with our team they're like you guys are unbelievable like what a collection of professionals you have, like these high mm-hmm. initiative, um, you know, very accomplished folks. Again, it was based in Erie, Pennsylvania, which isn't known as the, the bastion, uh, right, for the, the <laughs> IT world, right. but it was because of that very thorough hiring system that we had um, that we built a, a standout culture that ended up being award-winning uh, and really sparked growing a company, so that's, that's kind of the root of, of where that all came from.
0: Okay, awesome. So you also mentioned, um, you know, when you were reaching out to, I guess, the channel, VARs, ISVs, and asking what they needed, um, you mentioned a KPI study. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? What kind of went into that study? And um, was this more for, you know, people that were hiring and then once they were onboarded, just didn't really know how to set those KPIs?
1: No, that's a good question. So if anybody wants to go find the current 2021 POS channel KPI study, just go to the RSP website, go rsp.org. In the search button, just do KPI 2021. It'll be one of the first results uh, that comes up there. So what happened was like going back to my conversation with Jason, he said, and this is, I think what happens with a lot of SMBs, not just in Uh, our industry, not just in the the retail IT channel, where they are running their own business, but the only thing they have to compare with from a numerical standpoint for their sales, their profits, their margins are what they did last year or last quarter, right? And so they don't even know if what they did last year was above average, was good, was terrible, Mm -hmm. like they don't know. And that's kind of what Jason said is, he has a couple friends in the industry that he could compare some numbers with, but it was way more anecdotal. And so we reached out and talked to as many, you know, VARs and ISVs as we could and said, what would you want us to track? And so there was sales growth, there was profit margin. there was what percent of your revenue is recurring, mm-hmm. how much um, goes into marketing, how much goes into r and d what's employee turnover right all those different metrics that you won't need to uh, track in order to run a healthy business. Folks didn't know what the best practice was or what the standard was. And so that's where that whole survey came from. And I just remember being super stoked after I did the first one of those. Mm-hmm. I went to a trade show. It was the NCC uh, show. It was down in Florida and Scott Duty a uh, reseller, came up to me and said, hey, I'm looking to invest, you know, from a marketing standpoint, but I'm not sure how much to put in. Do you have any statistics on that? I'm like, do yeah, I? I do. Like we yeah. just <laughs> did that before. Like if you'd have asked me two weeks ago, nobody had that data uh, anywhere. So mm-hmm. that's really where the KPI study came from is Larger businesses get to compare against, you know, the the, the S&P 500, right, or Fortune 500 or things of that nature. VARs and ISVs really had nothing except anecdotal. And so that study, we've now done five of them. So now they can look back and see the trends 2016 through 2020 actuals, and then get to see 2021 projections as well.
0: Awesome, I'm definitely gonna be checking that out. Um, so you also mentioned that you know a lot of the VARs and ISVs that kind of needed the business advising, um, when you first started getting into it, they probably had lower resources, but that's not to say that larger companies don't need business advising as well. So um, you know, what kind of common trends did you find amongst the VARs and ISVs that were um, benefiting from your workshops?
1: Uh, Good question. I'd say the the trend, it's kind of like who benefits the most from these. They were two traits, high initiative and growth oriented, right? So if they were high initiative and like, I really want to make this business better, and they had an engine internally that made them want to move forward. That was a great interface because I was able to introduce them to resources, reading materials, people to talk to, and they would actually read the content listen to the podcast, right? They would reach out to those people the next time we checked in and then growth oriented as well. And that kind of ties in a lot of times with high initiative where Mm -hmm. folks say, I want to be able to grow my sales and grow my profits. And I've alluded a couple of times where, you know, I have these notes hanging up on my bulletin board. You know, I had a lot of people ask me when I started down the path of business coach, because they were like, I don't really understand what you do because, you know, I've never had somebody do that just from a general in our industry standpoint. And I had before I work with VARs and ISVs, but I actually hand wrote on their high initiative growth oriented, because I would have some folks to be honest with you, we would talk every 60 or 90 days. Mm -hmm. And then I would check in and I'm like, okay, you said you're going to do these things. Tell me about that. Like, oh, I got busy. I had this other thing to do. I never got around to it. I'm sorry. Then you check in another 60, 90 days same thing. They barely move the needle. And that's where I said, like, if I, like, I can't be there every day to like a personal trainer, right. To Mm -hmm. be a business leader, you don't, you can't have somebody, I mean, quite frankly, babysitting you like that. Now there are folks who I work with where, you know, what did you do in the past 60 days? And they're like, I did everything that we talked about. Plus I also learned this and I went down this path. Those are the folks who are successful. They're mm-hmm. trying, they're testing, they're measuring, they're adapting and they're trying again, right? They're not, again, geniuses on their own and they have all the right answers, but they get so many cycles of trying to get better that they are the ones who are learning. But if you're just simply focusing on the day-to-day business, or you're just saying, I'm fine. Like, I don't want to have to come in work, early, come in early, stay right. late, work weekends. Oh, more people, like that's more, problems if you have that approach it's probably not going to work out with with any business coach and that ends up being a a lifestyle business so um yeah so high initiative growth oriented those are the folks who uh tend to work with the best and those are the folks who tend to be the most successful vars and isvs
0: yeah and i would say that that kind of mindset applies to everything um, whether it's business or personal life I, i'm not sure who um to attribute this quote to or if you've if, if I'm saying it correctly, but I always think you know, change doesn't happen unless change happens. So if you want to improve in any sort of way, you got to change what you're doing. You know, you have to make adjustments. So um,
1: yeah, uh, there's a, man, a managed services provider uh, business coach. His name is Carl Polachuk. I worked with him a lot back in my uh, business solutions days, and he would say in every single one of his presentations nothing happens by itself. Yes. You have to go out and, uh, and make it happen. So yeah, nothing happens by itself. I, yeah, I don't know who the quote that you brought up. I'm not sure who said that, but I'm always happy to praise Carl for nothing happens by itself.
0: For sure. All right. Well, we're just going to take a really quick break to talk about Retail Now 2021. So if you're like me, you've been definitely itching to get back to trade shows. The buzz of the show floor, the fun-filled nights, there's really nothing better. So I'm super excited to announce that I and the entire star team will be at Retail Now 2021 in Nashville from July 25th to the 28th. And I invite you all to come join me. This year's show is sure to be one to remember with expanded education tracks, new cutting-edge exhibitors, in-depth conversations about this year's unique challenges, and much more. And being the retail IT channel's number one trade show, you know that they're going to have an awesome keynote, John Tapper from Bar Rescue, who I am personally so excited about. So register today for retail now at goarspa.org and be sure to swing by booth 706 to visit me and the entire star team. All right, Jim. So, um speaking of RSPA and Retail Now, um you joined the RSPA team as a staff member, what was that in 2019? That's right. Okay, so tell me about your experience there because, you know, as a RSPA staff member, RSPA brings so much benefit to their members. You're kind of getting to be a business advisor and that VP of marketing all in one. So um, what have you guys done recently to bring more value to their me- to members in a digital format?
1: Sure that, that, that's a good question. And going back to when I first joined and I mentioned like reaching out to members and asking them what could we do? I also asked what's your perspective? Of the RSPA. And one thing that we learned from talking internally as a team and also talking to our members is a lot of people knew RSPA mostly as Retail Now and Bob Goldberg, who was for many, many years the legal counsel, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what they saw the RSPA as. And so I actually had one of the members say to me, I want the RSPA more in my face. I want them to be a part of my daily, my weekly life in terms of business best practices, resources, learnings, and things of that nature. And so to mm-hmm. me, that was almost like, you know, a freeing kind of thing. Cause you know, from being in marketing brand, I'm like, I don't want to reach out too many times, right? I don't want to send yeah. too many emails, but I've kind of learned through my, I guess it's, you know, 30 years now <laughs> um, of uh, being in the, the professional world. If you have something valuable, People will take that every hour from mm-hmm. you, right? But if you don't have something valuable, you should probably just you know keep it uh, to yourself. So there is a combination of I want you to be more in my face, but you better provide me with with valuable content. So what we've done is uh, we've launched you know, again, this is now going back you know uh, two plus years, we launched a blog where it's the RSP staff providing guidance either from our own experiences or from conversations with our members. Uh, We also beefed up a section that we call Community IQ, which is where all of our members are contributing thought leadership content. And so we put that on our website, push it out through social media for our, uh, uh weekly newsletter as well. We also launched a podcast called mm-hmm. the Trusted Advisor Podcast. We've actually done over 50 uh, episodes of that now. And so that's had a lot of really good traction. And really, it's us talking with members, right? And so it's not just that we bring in a whole bunch of outside people. It's featuring members and these folks who were leaders uh, in the industry. We also, because of COVID, like everything had to go uh, digital when everybody was feeling the crisis and they didn't know you know, up from down. Quite frankly, uh, at that point, which was you know like April of of 2020, we mm-hmm. started doing these informal roundtables. You just reached out to all members and said, "Here's a go-to meeting link. Show up at this time, and we'll talk about you know answer your questions, and we'll have other people on the call who can help provide their perspective." So we did that during COVID, and then after COVID, we've continued that uh, by having roundtables that focus on in uh, particular topics, whether it's like sales, marketing, or software developer challenges. Things Mm -hmm. of that nature. And then also we just announced uh, the RSP Academy that's been going on for a while with strong education, but we beefed that up with a program called Accelerate, where Mm -hmm. it's a combination of training on demand that you can get general business to business or staff training best practices, and they're also introducing industry specific content to that as well. So as much as we, of course, want people to attend retail now, we want to attend our winter conference Inspire as well. Mm -hmm. We also understand year round, we need to be a presence uh, in their business day to day as well. And so that's why we rolled out again, the blog, Community IQ, the podcast, the roundtables, and then RSP Academy Accelerate.
0: Absolutely. And I have to say, I think those resources have been so valuable for the members. I know it definitely has been for the star team over the last couple of years. I've definitely seen RSPA evolved from being just, you know, the two trade shows a year to being, you know, year-round benefits. So, um, you know, I I have to attribute a lot of that to you. Um, So I appreciate that. I will say it's
1: it's a team effort, but then also Mm -hmm. uh, what was interesting was like I told you back in 2019, it was a lot of people saw us as Retail Now and Bob Goldberg, right. and then in 2020, Bob Goldberg announced he was retiring. And then because of the pandemic, we had no Retail Now, and it's like, oh, like the two biggest things we have that we're known for, we yeah. better be able to pivot to something else. And so, thank goodness, uh, the team, you know, made a lot of progress on those other digital avenues uh, in 2019, so we're able to just expand upon them in mm-hmm. 2020. But yeah, we all learned, you know, necessity is the mother. Uh, of invention, and that, that certainly was the case. I do have to say, so Bob is retired, but Jill Miller, who I think you've crossed paths with before mm-hmm. Brianna, uh, is our new uh, general counsel. And I guess not so new anymore because we brought her on board in 2020 to work alongside uh, with Bob. But she has a ton of experience, not just from a legal standpoint, but from a business standpoint. And she provides stellar business advice. So that's another year-round resource that we offer as well to, to resellers and software developers.
0: Yeah. And that's something I think a lot of members don't even realize. They probably are like, okay, I'm going to be an RSPA member so I can get a discounted retail now pass. And they don't look at all of the other benefits that are offered. Um, but I always say it's, you know, if, especially if you're just getting started in the channel, joining RSPA should be your first move always. Um, so speaking of retail now, I know that we're all dying to get back in person um, after, you know, so long of being home, as I mentioned, you know, during our commercial break, there's going to be a lot of education sessions, um, John Taffer as the keynote speaker. So tell me, you know, what else, What what's going to be the real value of retail now this year after, you know, taking 2020 off?
1: Right. Well, it- First, like relearning human interaction, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because like I, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, I actually bumped into somebody that reached out and shook my hand. And I was like, I haven't shaken anybody's hand since I think it was March of 2020, like uh, you know, so that's like almost like a fundamental human uh, interaction thing. But I guess yeah. you can go do that anywhere. But what I think is unique from a retail now standpoint, the way that I've described it, I guess just for folks who don't know my history. So I've been full time with the RSP for two years, but I was a volunteer for what was it, 12 or 13 years mm-hmm. before that. So I've been coming to the retail now events and involved in the association for many, many years. I always say before the RSP paid me to tell people to join the association, I was telling people to join the association uh, Mm -hmm. and attend retail now. And the way that I've always described that show is it's like making a thousand phone calls in three days, right? Like you get so much market intelligence by going to the education events, by bumping into people in the hallway, by talking to as many people as you can in the expo hall or at the events, uh, things like that. You get so much market intelligence that it just can't be replaced uh, anywhere else. It's also vendor neutral as well. Like there's a lot of great uh, vendor and distributor conferences as well, but they don't get everybody in the same room uh, like retail now does. So to be able to get so many different perspectives, you know, in just across uh, three days, like our event this year is actually going to be uh, done in just less than forty-eight hours, right? It starts Sunday night, uh, and then it goes to Tuesday afternoon because we know how busy people are. We're going to be able to pack it all in, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, in in forty-eight hours. So I just think there's going to be huge value in terms of that we've all been out of the loop of getting this serendipitous information where you bump into something and you say, "I don't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't hear about that." We've all missed out on that, and Retail yeah. Now is going to offer that uh, in spade. There's going to be a lot of catch-up you know, over the past two years that a lot of folks didn't know from a business standpoint, from a, a principle standpoint, from a trend standpoint that I think uh, we're all going to learn. So I'm definitely looking forward to the, the days after retail now uh, mm-hmm. to be a lot smarter than I, uh, than I have uh, coming in there.
0: Absolutely. I think you've, I've heard you refer to it as, you know, the channel's kind of coming out party after being stuck at home for so long. So I think, you know, the education is going to be almost like a smack in the face because, you know, we've, we've had so much, so many digital resources, podcasts, blogs, but it's just not the same as being in person and being hands-on. So I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. Um, yeah, you, so, you and
1: me both. It'll be nice to see you again in person. Absolutely. My, I, my joke is retail now featuring human beings in 3d, right? Cause we just <laughs> haven't seen that in so long.
0: Right. So I do want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, it, was less than a year ago um, that you've released your book, The Walk-On Method. So can you kind of give our listeners a little bit of an overview about that book and what inspired you to write it?
1: Sure. So uh, it's uh, the full title is The Walk-On Method to Career and Business Success. And so what a walk-on is, for those who don't know, it's a a non, somebody who plays on a college sports team where like everybody else has a scholarship, but the walk-on is a non-scholarship person. And so what I did was I interviewed 30 underdog athletes and talked about their college experience scrambling to make a team scrambling to stay on the team getting no playing time sometimes having no uniform if they get a uniform it doesn't fit right Mm -hmm. getting no respect no attention really being forced in a position where you're serving others and you're focusing on the team goals and so how did that experience as a walk-on impact them as a professional you know years or even decades down the road. And so um, I, I have to share I'm personally a walk on myself. I played a Division II school here in Erie, Gannon University. It was a small college basketball powerhouse, and I went through all those things that I mentioned earlier, no uniform, too large a uniform, coach didn't know my name, uh, things of that nature, and so I tracked down a whole bunch of folks and found out that they were wildly successful, and that was really the platform, their walk-on experience, and so the book goes, you know, beyond just interesting stories, and it really outlines how anybody can learn the walk-on attitude and follow the walk-on method, change their behavior, and succeed in their career, so like the gist of the book is ordinary people will accomplish extraordinary feats when their energy is properly channeled. And the way that these walk-ons behave now is second nature because they were forced to behave that way to survive as a walk-on. So the book is like really accessible stories, principles, and actions that you can take to really advance your own career or advance your uh, business as well. Just I've had a lot of parents say to me, like, I need my kid to read this, right? Because these are the fundamental things that a lot of times uh, get overlooked.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. So our channel, I, I would say, you know, you can take general business aspects and relate it to our channel and our industry, but it's a little unique, um, the way that our industry operates. So tell me about how these stories of walk-ons can directly relate to, you know, our RSPA members, bars, ISVs, people within, um, our specific channel.
1: Sure. So one thing that I did was, again, if anybody can pick up on a theme here, um, I don't say, I have a great idea. I'm going to move forward with it. I think, well, this might be good. I'm going to bounce it off a lot of people. So when, and the RSP community, I've been a you know part of in the retail IT channel for many years. And so when I first had this idea for the book, I started doing a few interviews and then started writing some sample chapters. I intentionally bounced them off some individuals who I knew had no sports history, no sports connection whatsoever. In fact, they might have even been averse to sports at all to say, does this resonate with you? Like, do you want to read this? And so I always tell people this is the walk-on method. The whole book is a career book with a sports background it's not like a sports book where we're talking about just points per game and he made this you know crossover dribble reverse Mm -hmm. layup right things of that nature you don't have to be a sports fan in order uh, to like it and in order to really glean something from it again i know that because i bounce it off a whole bunch of people um, who had no sports background whatsoever it's really the fundamentals of what people makes people successful in whatever line of work or, or path or career they go down
0: Okay, awesome. So I could probably ask you a million more questions, but we're going to end with just, you know, kind of a way to wrap this all up. If you could offer one piece of business advice to um, our bars in the channel, either from your book, your business advising courses or otherwise, what would that be?
1: Uh, Good question. Um, if, if you give me a little latitude, I'll offer one and it kind of bleed in into a second one. Absolutely. But I'd say yes. the quote is, and, you know, had this hanging up and my uh, daughter has seen this since I think we got this when she was one or two years old and, and she knows this. It's an Abraham Lincoln quote and it's, whatever you are, be a good one. And so, you know, whatever path you decide to go down, mm-hmm. make sure that you're a good one from a personal standpoint, um, you know, b- if you're a son, a daughter, brother, sister, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, parent, you know, whatever you are, be a good one of those. Fulfill that duty uh, in life, in your organization, right? Whether you're a brand new person, whether you're an intern, a first-year staffer, a department head, a manager, a CEO, right? A chairman, chairwoman, chairperson, whatever you are, Be a good one. And to me, where a good one comes from is, it's not just the skill level, but it's in from a character standpoint. And so I always tell people, tying in back with the hiring thing, care about character, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy uh, for the listeners of this. I have a list of 18 character traits that I list in um the uh, in the, the my book higher like you just be cancer i'll also send if people reach out and mention this podcast we'll send them that list we'll also send them a free chapter from the walk on method career and business success but the the list of character traits that we have in higher like you just be cancer there's 18 of them oftentimes when people think of character they just think about oh it's honesty right like that's i'm honest i tell the truth and that's all that character is about mm-hmm. But character is about you know having the hard conversation it's about treating people with kindness it's about having responsibility Responsibility and taking responsibility for what you do—it's um, having that work ethic. It's all those different things uh, that go into it. So, like I said, to me, the the headliner is whatever you are, be a good one. But mm-hmm. these character traits are the things that tell you what is truly good. Are you acting in earnest? Are you acting with? high character. Um, And to me, that has really been a a guide for me. It was a guide for us at at Jamison Publishing. It's how we hired people, right? Mm -hmm. We looked a little bit at a skill, but we thought we could always teach that. But we really, really drilled into the character. And that's why we had a, a special organization. And the folks that I've been able to study uh, over the years here in the channel, the ones who care about character and really have deep, firm roots and aren't just looking to make the next sale or catch on the next trend or or something like that—the people with those deep roots—those are the ones who are successful personally and professionally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it also goes back to you know you said whatever you are, be a good one, but we can also kind of apply it to whatever you do, do it well. So like, you know, you have VARs or ISVs, they're kind of trying to do everything, but focus on that one thing that really makes you stand out and, you know, become an expert in it and do it really, really well. And then you don't really have to compete, right? Yeah. So That's
1: right, have your own niche, like be special in what you do and just don't race the price right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be some special service bundle expertise, something that you offer. Yeah. So whether you're a VAR, right? You're ready you to call yourself a reseller, an ISV, an mm-hmm. ISO, whatever you are, be a good one, be a special one.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, can you share with our listeners where they can further connect with you and where they could find your books?
1: Sure. Happy to do it. Uh, So I'll give out my RSPA email address. It's J Roddy. So the letter J and then R O D D Y at go RSPA.org. So J Roddy at go RSPA.org. Again, if you reach out to me and mention this podcast, I'd be happy to send you a free chapter from the walk-on method. And then also the list of the 18 character traits that are featured in higher, like you just beat cancer. And both of those books are available on Amazon. So just search for the walk-on method to career and business success or hire like you just Be cancer on Amazon and you can purchase uh, it there as well. If you want to buy books for your team, just again, reach out to me uh, directly and be glad to uh, to make that happen.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Um, As a reminder, Star will be at Retail Now booth 706. Um, I'll also be giving an education session along with Blue Star's James Cordy on finding your brand voice and articulating some unique selling points. So if that's something you're interested, feel free to stop by. GoRSPA.org is where you can find all the details and the agenda of Retail Now 2021. For Star Micronics, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like today's episode, please follow, subscribe, give us a review. Um, We are always happy to hear feedback, good or bad, um, so that we can, you know, tailor our episodes to you in the future. So, thank you so much, Jim.